Hi, my name is Dawn Smith-Theodore. I'm a marriage and family therapist who specializes in the treatment of eating disorders. I'm a former professional dancer, also a former dance studio owner in Los Angeles. I am recovered from anorexia, and I'm also the author of a book called Too Too Thin, A Guide to Dancing Without an Eating Disorder. The Too Too Thin podcast will explore the complex relationship between dancers, athletes, their body image, and the prevention of eating disorders. As always, you can reach me through my website at dawntheodore.com. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining the Tutu Thin podcast. I'm Dawn Smith-Theodore, and I'm happy to have you listening today. Today, we're going to talk about what are eating disorders and how do they affect the dancer and the athlete? What are eating disorders? So they're both biological, social, and psychological, and we'll be talking about all three of these. When someone develops an eating disorder, they turn to their eating disorder instead of people, instead of their relationships. It's a very serious illness that impacts all genders, ages, races, ethnicities, and sexual orientations. The good news is that it is treatable. It can cause significant health problems and definitely emotional distress. It involves unhealthy, extreme emotions, uh, beliefs, and behaviors around food, weight, and body image. It can be life-threatening. Anorexia nervosa has one of the highest mortality rates of any psychological disorder. It's caused by genetic factors and environmental factors. Many times we talk about that genetics are the loaded gun and the environmental factors are what pulls the trigger. It's definitely treatable, and the sooner you get treatment, the better the chance of recovery. 95% of eating disorders develop between the ages of 12 and 25. The predominant sex is female, and as I said, the genetics is an important factor. I like to talk about it's like the perfect storm when everything comes together, and the last piece many times is a diet gone bad. There's could be possibly trauma from someone's past. There are many psychological factors such as mood disorders, could be depression, anxiety, OCD, um, many personality traits such as perfectionism, low self-esteem, rigid or very ritualistic thinking, very rule-oriented. I like to talk about these as being a certain kind of temperament. And there's also communication patterns within a family. Many times people can't identify feelings, don't know how to identify feelings, and patterns of communication within a family are problematic. Some additional statistics that I like to share are that more than 10,000 people die from eating disorders every year just in the United States. Eating disorders affect at least 9% of the world population which includes around 30 million Americans. And the pandemic has caused an increase in the number and the severity of cases, according to the January study published in the Journal of Lancet Psychiatry. 
There are different types of eating disorders. You may be aware of them, but I want to be sure that you know. There's anorexia nervosa, which everybody thinks is just, if somebody has an eating disorder, that's what they have. There's bulimia nervosa. There's binge eating disorder. There's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And then there's OSFED, which is other specified feeding or eating disorders. So the first eating disorder I'm going to talk about is anorexia nervosa, probably the most well-known, has a disturbance in self-image and a definite denial of how severe the situation is. There's an obsession with body and weight and an intense fear of gaining weight and the use of behaviors that continue this pattern to prevent weight gain. People begin to starve themselves, and they may have no idea. They don't see the weight loss. It's excessive, but when they look in the mirror, many times they see fat. And that's the problem, is that they don't see that it's a problem. With dancers and athletes, There's an idea that if you lose the weight, then you'll be faster or you'll be able to jump higher or that you'll have better performance. And that's not really true. Maybe in the very beginning it becomes true, but then it becomes that you are almost too sick to be able to participate in dance or any sport that you're involved in. Bulimia nervosa is what I call the silent killer. People struggling with bulimia can be of any body size. People with bulimia consume large quantities of food and then get rid of them with compensatory behaviors, either through purging, through vomiting, or laxative abuse, or overexercise, or diuretic abuse, or fasting. So there are many ways that the compensatory behaviors are seen, and many people think it's just binging and purging by vomiting, but it's not. There also in bulimia is an extreme concern about weight and body shape. Again, the body size can vary for someone who's struggling with bulimia. Those struggling with anorexia need to feel in control of their food, their weight, and their calories. In bulimia, people feel completely out of control. They're overeating and then get rid, getting rid of the food and using different compensatory behaviors. Binge eating disorder is very similar to bulimia in the feelings of shame, guilt, and distress after the binge. The difference is, is that they don't use any compensatory behaviors after a binge. They many times feel out of control during a binge, they eat when they're not hungry, and they eat large quantities of food in a short period of time. They also can be of any weight or size. The mistaken idea is that people with binge eating disorders are obese, and they are not. ARFID, or Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, the characteristics include a lack of appetite or a lack of interest in food. The fear of negative consequences if they eat the food, and they're very selective and very picky. They have a reduced food intake. They have complaints many times about their bodies, the discomfort within their bodies for no apparent cause. And what happens is the range of food that they will normally eat begins to decrease over time. 
OSFED, or other specified feeding or eating disorders, is an eating disorder that doesn't meet the criteria specifically for diagnoses um, of other eating disorders. They don't fall into any of the other categories, but they still cause significant physical and psychological problems and distress. Some examples of this would be atypical anorexia, where maybe the person meets all the criteria, but they're not at a low enough weight. Or possibly for bulimia, they're binging and purging, but not enough times to meet the criteria within the diagnostic um, manual. Or maybe someone's purging, but they're not binging. So they are just as severe as any other eating disorders. And again, the people can be of any size or weight. I want to give you some of the warning signs, both behaviorally and physically. So if it you or one of your teammates or another dancer that you know may be struggling, this, these are some of the things to look for. If the person begins to withdraw and isolate from their friends and any activities that they usually like to do, they may be depressed, they may be anxious, they may be irritable because they're not eating. Many times there's a difficulty with concentrating and they're very focused on food, weight, calories, dieting, and body image. They may complain about not being hungry. They may make many excuses to avoid meals or situations that include food. Or if they do eat, they may make multiple trips to the bathroom after a meal And there may be evidence of either diet pills, laxatives, or diuretic use. So those are some of the behavioral signs to look for. Some of the physical warning signs can be excessive weight loss or excessive weight gain or bloating. They also may be extremely cold at times. There can be other physical symptoms such as dizziness or fainting. They've lost their period. They're losing their hair. They have headaches or constipation or diarrhea. Uh, There's a discoloration or staining of the teeth and repeated or slow healing of injuries. And for dancers or athletes, this is really important because you can have someone that has a stress fracture or possibly they have some type of muscle injury and it's not healing. There's also other signs, physical signs, such as marks on the knuckles where they are possibly using their fingers to purge. There's also the swollen glands, which we call the parotid glands on the side of the neck. If someone's purging, they're going to be swollen. There's also lanugo, which is a, a fuzzy hair growth on face and other parts of the body um, in order to protect the body when it's lost a lot of weight. And in addition, there may be muscle wasting where you start to see the bones, but no muscle. For dancers and athletes, you need your muscles to be able to perform at your peak. And one of the most important muscles in our body is the heart. And if the body is not getting enough nutrients, it begins to eat away at muscles. And that's when you see the bones with no muscle around them. And you can't see the physical effects within the body, but know that the body is using muscle as food and supplement when it's not getting fed nutritionally. Who develops an eating disorder? They don't have a choice, but you do have a choice as to whether you recover. 
I like to call it the fork in the road, choosing the path to recovery. And if you actually think about each meal, snack, or choice that someone makes, that's the choice of choosing towards life or towards their eating disorder. And the truth is that the eating disorder is a pretty dead-end street. You're going to end up with the eating disorder, possibly in treatment, and the end is death. So the other things are the unknown. And that's the scary part because many people choose the eating disorder because life seems very scary. But if you think about life, it can be family, friends, travel, jobs, dancing, sports, school. It's endless. It's endless if you choose the fork going towards life. It's a scary fork and it's not consistent. And that's why people turn to their eating disorders. Many times the eating disorder is consistent. They know what they're going to get with their eating disorder, but they don't know what they're going to get with life. If you have a friend, another dancer, or another athlete who you suspect has an eating disorder, some of the recommendations I have are to speak to them in private. Express your concerns about things that you've noticed. I'm concerned. I've noticed. Speak from, use I statements. Don't confront about specific symptoms and be sensitive yet direct. The goal is to get evaluated and diagnosed from a healthcare professional, hopefully one that understands dancers and or athletes, a physician, a dietitian, a therapist. Refer to healthcare professionals who have eating disorder experience and expertise. It's very important. Lastly, I'm going to talk about the levels of treatment, and there are specific uh, levels based on the severity of the symptoms. The highest level of care is acute. That's in a hospital. That's a short time stay um, just to stabilize someone medically. The next level of care step down from the hospital is residential treatment, where you are living in a home with other people with eating disorders, and you are getting treatment 24-7. You have a team, there's a doctor, dietitian, psychiatrist, therapists, um, trainers, things that are going to help you be able to put your life back together. Then you step down to a thing called partial hospitalization, which is usually five to six hours a day, and it can be anywhere from five to seven days a week. And so you're living in your own home, but you're going to a program where you'll be eating meals, going to groups, having therapy, and that's a step down from the residential. And then there's a step down from that, which is IOP, intensive outpatient program. And that's three to five days a week for possibly three hours a day, usually a meal, a group, and maybe a session. And so those are the levels of care. And then lastly, the outpatient treatment, which can it consists of a psychiatrist, a therapist, a doctor, a dietitian, and hopefully all those who understand eating disorders and are specialized in the treatment of either athletes or dancers. As always, thank you for listening to the Too Too Thin podcast. My name is Dawn Smith-Theodore. You can reach me through my website at dawntheodore.com or on my book website at tutoothin.com. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.